and greetings and welcome to another edition of the Live Happy Now podcast. I am your host, J.R. Houston. Thrilled that you are making us a part of your day wherever you are in the world and however you may be listening. But I got something to ask of you this time. Usually we come on here and we bring on a guest and we learn some things from each other and it's fantastic. But we're asking you to help us out a little bit. We've got a two-minute survey. It takes no more than two minutes anyway, about this podcast, the Live Happy Now podcast. And for helping us out, we are offering up some Live Happy gear, T-shirts, hats, uh, tumblers, uh, wristbands. I don't know. There's all kinds of stuff in there. And by virtue of filling out the survey at livehappy.com slash survey, you could win one of these fantastic prizes. We ask you to do so. Again, livehappy.com slash survey. Well, our guest today, we've got a couple of different guests, but our first guest on this episode is someone you've heard from a lot, but not a lot recently because, well, she's she's super busy, but we're excited to have her. CEO, editor-in-chief, and uh, all everything to Live Happy Magazine, Deborah Heiss is with us. How are you doing? Doing awesome, and it's great to be back on uh, back on the podcast. I've been traveling a lot, helping promote the book, Live Happy, 10 Practices for Choosing Joy having a great time but my favorite part of live happy is getting to talk to guests on live happy now and hanging out with jr in the uh, studio we have a great time we do we do have a great time and now that check is in the mail by the way uh for the, <laughs> for the lovely endorsement uh speaking of things being in the mail if you are a subscriber to live happy magazine which we encourage you to be uh, you're going to have a new issue coming your way. Uh, if you haven't received it already, you will soon be receiving it. And this is going to be this is a fun one. This is a really summer themed, music themed, fun one with uh, Maya Rudolph on the cover. Yeah, I, I, it's it's one of my favorite issues we've done. It is summer. It is all about having fun. You know, a big part of being happier, living a happier life, is enjoying yourself, laughing, which is of course something that Maya Rudolph makes all of us do. Whether it was on Saturday Night Live or her new show, Maya and Marty. It's a great interview, but there's also a ton of information here about music and how it affects your brain and affects your happiness. It's a great issue all the way around. It was really colorful. It was really a lot of fun to put together. We've had a great time with it. Yeah, really looking forward to uh, diving into it. And also, don't forget, we've got the digital edition. It's available on phones now, correct? Yeah, absolutely. It's available on phones for the last, I guess, the second issue that's available on phones, which is awesome. Uh, It looks great on your phone. Um, You know, and... With it being summer, uh, one of the things we did in this issue that's uh, that I'm really happy about and really proud of is we uh, profiled some of our Olympic athletes, Olympic hopefuls that are coming up in August. Um, for those of you who listen to JR and I uh, talk to each other occasionally, you know that both of us are extreme sports fans. Not yep. extreme sports, but extreme sports <laughs> fans. I don't know. I mean, BMX is pretty cool. <laughs> like, you know, base jumping is awesome. But I'm not going to do that, though. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we have a great feature on the upcoming Olympics, which is going to be in August. I just think all around it's a really light, colorful, fun issue, but still has a lot of great content about how um, – our readers can live happier lives and, and achieve what they want. And uh, it's it's great um, to be able to put out something that's a little lighter than what we usually do. And this this issue is something that I'm very interested in because I, I very much love music. Our house is, is filled with music all the time. Uh, this issue really dives deep into music, finding happiness in your headphones, it says, the impact music has on your heart and soul. Yeah, it really is um – a big part of a lot of people's happiness. And if you think about a lot of your more positive memories, whether it's your wedding or it's a high school uh, experience with your friends, or in my case, you know, driving cross country with my family, we're always rolling down the windows or playing Mm -hmm. music loud and singing along. It really does elevate your mood and improves your, improves your overall well-being just to listen to music, which I think most of us knew we got happier in the moment. But what this story shows us is you really 
improve your overall health and well-being just by listening to music. Absolutely. I mean, it can it can transport you to different places. So we have different playlists on our phone about, okay, well, I really need to chill out because this traffic is crazy. So we have like acoustic cover songs on there. Well, you know. or, or I'm ready to work out. So we got the thrash metal, you know, going on. <laughs> one of our, one of the, my, my favorite things we've done on email at the office was we were compiling a live happy playlist and it's a really small piece in the magazine, but we must've had emails going on for three weeks with people adding just crazy songs and different types and different genres of music and everybody weighing in going, Oh yeah, I like that one. That's gotta be on the list. And it was really hard to get it down to, I think we ended up with 10 or 12, but it's, you know, summer playlist. It was really a lot of fun putting it together. Absolutely. And I'm sure there's no thrash metal on that one. There is no thrash okay, metal, well. but there, there's some songs that we probably can't say the name of out loud. And there's some songs, <laughs> there's some songs that really bring back high school memories, uh, everything from musicals to, 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 you know, to rock music, to, to dance party music, to hip hop. It's but country. It was really kind of uh, interesting to see what everybody put on the list. It's going to be fun to look through that. And it, music is just a, it's a great way to let loose, have a little fun. And speaking of people who just want to have fun, <laughs> see what I did there? Yeah, I do see what you did there. Yeah, we have a great profile with Cindy Lauper, who's actually put out a country album. Isn't that what everybody like does eventually? Eventually you're like, all right, country music is clearly the best. <laughs> and so I'm going to make a country album. Well, you know, being from Texas, we probably, yeah. well, I probably do that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a little biased. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's a great article about her, about what she's been up to. It's, it's really quite pink, um, if you look at the design, as she's overall. Well, as you would expect a Cindy Lauper article. As you have. would expect. But I think uh, I, you know, I think if you check it out, you'll be surprised by what she's been up to. And, of course, Maya Rudolph came from a family of musicians, so she was a natural choice for the cover. Um, but really, uh, dive, into the, dive into this issue. I think it will bring you a smile to your face. We've got music, we've got uh, the Olympic athletes, and we've got a guest on the program today that uh, Paula Phelps talked with, uh, Natalia Cohen, who was, this is an amazing story, 15 years experience of living and working in over 50 countries. I'm about to leave the country like for one of the very few times in my life. I can't imagine living and working in 50 uh, different countries, but Natalia has chosen to follow this unusual path. Uh, she's no stranger to living outside of her comfort zone. Like That's what she's been doing her entire life. And she's got a great understanding of team dynamics. And you would have to, to be part of the first all-female team to row across the Pacific Ocean. Yeah, this was a great article. It was a, it was quite a find. Um, Shelley Levitt found found this article for us, one of our, uh, our, our editor. Um, and really, it's a great story with some fascinating pictures about women who yes rode across the pacific in a boat four of them at a time there's six total women but they they rode across the pacific and natalia natalia is one of the two that did the entire trip so it's really kind of entertaining to hear about their challenges and how they stuck with it and they're really kind of making it their mission to empower people uh, by telling their story makes me feel bad about the time i got the fishing boat stuck in the middle of the lake and didn't know what to do there is an oar under the seat I know that now. Now I know that. Perhaps had we talked to Natalia a little earlier, we would have known it then. Let's uh, let's check in on the conversation that our own Paula Phelps had with Natalia Cohen here on Live Happy Now. Natalia, we are so happy to have you with us today. Um, what an incredible story and an incredible journey that you've been on. And I think that one thing a lot of us would immediately wonder when we hear about taking on a challenge like rowing across the Pacific is why. So can you tell us a little bit how this came about and, and what made you want to do this? Sure. Um, 
Well, I think collectively, uh, as a team, what we really wanted to do was to create awareness and raise funds for the women supported by our two charities, which were Breast Cancer Care and Walking with the Wounded. But all of us, so there were six of us in the team, and we all had very different personal reasons. For me, I've always had this deep love of water, and I find the sight and the sound of the ocean very meditative and have always got this great sense of peace when I'm near or around water. I, I feel at home, and I always appear to be drawn towards the ocean. So I suppose that was a big reason why I was attracted to this particular expedition. But also what I really hoped was that the journey would be a catalyst almost into helping me better understand what the strength of human spirit is that we all have access to. So I was quite intrigued to see how the row would challenge me and really excited to, to explore what that depth of human spirit is and our own spirit and our own mind and and then to gain the insight from the journey uh, to hopefully inspire and motivate others, really. Well, it seems so intimidating because this is huge. No, no team of women had ever done this before, and so it's not as if you started out small. You all just went yeah. for it. So how intimidating was it, and how did you overcome that? any fears that you might have had? Yeah, you're right. It, it was... It was such a huge undertaking as an expedition, and when I looked at it as a whole, I was completely overwhelmed by it. It, it didn't seem possible when I thought about the enormity of the project. So what I really had to do was to break it down into these very manageable-sized chunks. And like any challenge, it's, it's that initial beginning of it that, that takes that leap of courage. So the first step for most people, but I suppose in our case, it was very much the first stroke. There was so much planning and preparation that went into the, the project. And I think that was almost the key to our success. Getting to the start line was actually almost as challenging as the row itself. So we, we did all of our own PR, media, marketing, dealing with the logistics, and, and we did so much mental, physical, and practical training. And I think, uh, as a whole, the project was a 90% mental one. So that's where we concentrated a lot of our energies, was doing a lot of work with a, a sports psychologist and understanding the difference between us as team members and as people because we, we are all so unique and I think it was drawing on the strength of each other um, that we brought to the team that made the challenge a lot more possible because we worked together so incredibly and we united ourselves with values that we shared. We had these, this incredible value system which we created an acronym of SPIRIT that tied together our values, which were strength, perseverance, integrity, resilience, inspiration, and trust. And what we did is everything to do with the challenge, we just made sure that we were aligned with our values and just took it stroke by stroke and shift by shift and moment to moment. That is just incredible. And, and what people may not realize is that none of you knew each other before this all began. That's right. That's right. And, I mean, there's 
like I wouldn't even share an Uber with a stranger, <laughs> you know. So it's like, how do you plan this whole journey for months across an ocean with with a team of people that that you haven't even known? Yeah, you're right. We came together specifically for this project, but I suppose. The thing apart from our values that connected us was that we, we all had this goal in mind and this target, and we were all so driven to make the expedition successful. So as I mentioned before, there was a lot of work that we did with our sports psychologists into our personalities and the way we deal with certain situations. We learned how to bring out the best in each other and then we also learned what brought out the worst in each other, um, what our hot buttons were, and we obviously tried to, to avoid those as much as possible on the boat. <laughs> um, on the boat, what we did was we had a weekly review of how we were all feeling mentally, physically, emotionally. It was a really good opportunity for us to share any issues that we had, and I think that's what we did really well as a team. We we dealt a lot with conflict management, so we would say what was on our minds and we would reflect on certain situations that had happened and then we would air our views and we would let things go really quickly. And that also is a, a really important lesson to learn and I've definitely taken that into life now uh, after the row is that you can't hold on to all of that negativity and you just need to let things go in order to, to move on in a much more productive way. Yeah, because when you're on a boat, it's not like you can go take a walk to blow off steam or get away from the other person. No, nowhere to run and nowhere to hide. I suppose for us, the only way that we, we were able to create space, essentially, out there, mental space, was when we were in the rowing positions, we had the, the vastness of the ocean around us, which not only made us feel very small, but allowed us that mindful space and also we had music which was a really useful tool to allow us to be in our own world I suppose so although there was no personal space whatsoever we we just had to create space in our minds which was done by just looking at the incredible 360 degree horizon that we had around us or really getting in tune with nature and looking at the colors and listening to the sounds and and just being as mindful as possible to create that space. Well, did you, were there times when each of you individually would kind of hit a breaking point where you're like, okay, I can't, can't take this, or I, I'm physically just too drained to keep on with the journey and others had to rally for them? Or, or Definitely. <laughs> yeah, so can you tell me, like, how... How do you all keep that going when, and the when someone hits that wall? For sure. I mean, I'd say all of us at, at one point during almost every day would be filled with frustration. I, I'd say as an emotion, that was the most dominant one that we felt out there. And the main reason for that was that more often than not, we were rowing against the current, we were rowing against wind, and there were some days where we would row as hard as we could and we would almost make negative miles. So Ugh. frustration was, was a huge emotion. And luckily, because there was four of us, there wasn't normally a time when all of us hit rock bottom or all of us felt really low. So there was always someone in the team that was feeling more positive that could pull the other members of the team up. 
Uh, humor was actually a huge part of our journey. I don't think I've ever laughed so much in my life. It could have been something to do with the sleep deprivation, but we just, we just a lot of times, you know, it was much easier to laugh because otherwise you just wanted to cry. So I think what we did was we just, we made a point to choose our attitude every day. So we would wake up or even every shift because we rode for two-hour shifts and then we would rest for two-hour shifts. And I, I tried to initiate um, an exercise, really, that was inspired by our sports psychologist where every day we had to choose a highlight. So it, it made us pos- mm. um, concentrate on a positive of every day. And in our pairs, what we would do at the end of the day as the sun was setting, we would choose a highlight. And that really could have been anything, but you had to find a highlight of the day. So it could have been a beautiful sunrise. It could have been a particular wildlife interaction that we had. It could have been a particularly satisfactory bowel movement. I mean, it literally <laughs> could have been anything. We just made, made a point of finding something positive in every day. And then I suppose the fact that our journey was split into three legs also made it a lot more manageable. So each leg was a different journey. We had a change in team dynamic, and that new person coming onto the boat, as they were integrating into the team, also brought this wonderful new energy, um, especially for the three of us that had been going for the whole journey. So that was a wonderful way to... To keep our stories alive, we told our life stories, we, we played word games, we listened to music, we had audio books. We tried to keep ourselves as distracted as possible. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you brought up such a great point when you talk about the sleep deprivation because we all know sleep is very, very important for your mental outlook and, and your physical well-being, but it really wasn't an option for you. So how did you draw on your other resources to compensate for that lack of sleep? Yes, I think it, it's, we're so incredibly adaptable as human beings, and I, I don't think it was until I put myself through something as challenging as this that you actually realize what we can deal with. Uh, I think night times for most of the team were the most challenging. Um, trying to stay awake, obviously, and, and also, everything seems a lot more menacing at night. So mm-hmm. we really try to distract one another a lot more during during those times. But the 90 minutes, you know, we, we had to just make sure that as soon as we got into the cabin, we could quieten our minds as quickly as possible so that we could get the maximum amount of sleep that we could. We generally had about a 90-minute block of sleep that we had to deal with. And... Again, music was a really useful tool. Also, breathing is a great um, tool that you can always access. We, we all know how to do it perfectly. So it's just <laughs> a case of calming ourselves down and, and trying to sleep as much as possible and just relying on each other to, to keep ourselves awake and to keep motivated. But surprisingly, we, we moved from that monophasic sleeping pattern, so the big block of sleep, quite easily into the polyphasic. So I'd say after about two or three days, we were quite used to that regular really? short bursts of sleeping. Some a little bit more so than others. Um, some <laughs> of the girls took a little bit longer to wake up, uh, maybe 10 minutes. You couldn't really speak to them for 10 minutes until they were out <laughs> on their oars. Um, others at night time, sometimes people would start, the, some of the girls would start, 
talking absolute gobbledygook and you would have no idea <laughs> what they were talking about. And then in leg one, Izzy had this unbelievable skill that she only discovered on the boat where she can actually narrate a film almost word for word. It took her really? hours. Yeah, which was the length, <laughs> the length of a rowing shift. So we had Lord of the Rings trilogy, Forrest Gump, <laughs> Pretty Woman. She sang as well. We had some musicals. So that was a really wonderful distraction to try and keep us awake and pushing through to sunrise. Oh, that's fantastic. And it sounds like you began this journey as strangers, and now what kind of bond do you have? Because you've accomplished something so phenomenal, and I can't even imagine the closeness that this must foster between you. Definitely. I don't think you can go through the experience that we went through without developing quite an unusual connection. I mean, we we knew each other intimately out there on the boat I'd say we spend more time with each other than a lot of married couples do and what's happened is we've come back and we're we're all geographically in different places but every week we have a a catch-up call to find out what everyone's doing and we're also really working on our fundraising at the moment we've got a really exciting event coming up in June and Lausanne is actually flying over from South Africa and it's going to be the first time that we've all been together as a team. Oh we've my actually gosh. never been together. So I think that's going to be one of the biggest highlights of the year for us and a really wonderful opportunity to, to reminisce over this, this journey that almost seems like a distant memory already. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, it, it's interesting as you talk all these different tools that you use to to stay at the top of your name throughout this journey, how are you incorporating those into your life now? Because I'm sure they became so ingrained in you, that that, that way of thinking became such a part of you during your time. How has it affected you now? Yeah, they did. I, I think most people would agree when you're surrounded by nature, quite often it's a lot easier to deploy mindful techniques or to be in the moment as much as possible, which is where I believe you're, you're normally at your most content and you're happy when you're right where you're meant to be in that moment. And coming back to society where obviously we all deal with daily pressures of relationships and work and financial stresses, it is quite difficult to try and maintain that mindfulness. So what I do is I, I think... A lot of the tools that I learned out there, I'm, I'm making a, an effort to deploy them every day. I, I start off every morning by doing a 10-minute meditation. And then I also choose a particular image from the journey, and I make sure that I look at that every day just to remind me of the beauty that was out there and the sense of peace and and well-being that I had when I was on the ocean obviously it was incredibly challenging and there was so much frustration and pain that we experienced out there but there's something about the simplicity of life that we forget when we're back in society you know we really have the time to listen to one another and I think that's something I'm trying to bring forward into my life on land is when I meet up with friends or when I meet someone for the first time, I really make an effort to to concentrate on them fully and not be distracted. I think it's that distraction that I'm making a concerted effort to 
to not fall back into and really be in the moment with someone when I'm with them. And that's interesting because I think a lot of us probably are distracted and we don't even realize how distracted we are. No, exactly. There's so much going on in our minds and a lot of the time we, we don't we don't even know what's going on there and yeah. it's it's also about those limiting beliefs that we, we find that that constant mental chatter and quite a lot of negativity and excuses that we hear ourselves saying and so I think it's also trying to change those beliefs into much more empowering ones, which is what we had to do out there. We had to have this undeniable and unquestionable self-belief and trust in ourselves and trust in our team as well. So that's a, another element that I'm, I'm on a daily basis just trying to tap into because it's so easy to fall back into bad habits. That's just phenomenal. And I know that you did so much preparation for this, as you said, both physically and mentally, but what was the, the big surprise? Was there anything that you weren't prepared for that that caught you off guard that you had to adjust to out there? This might be a strange answer, actually, but I think the thing that caught me off, off guard the most was how much I actually enjoyed the journey. I really, really? didn't expect to enjoy the journey as much as I did, and I don't know if it was because I made that choice on a daily basis or... You know, despite the the calluses and the salt wounds and being damp and having no personal space, that there was there was so much beauty. And I really will look back at the nine months as some of the most extraordinary moments of my life. And and I think that's another wonderful thing to to bring forward as well is that we, we have no idea where we're going, most of us, or all of us, really. And I think all, all we do have control over is trying to enjoy the journey as much as possible, wherever it may take us. That's a fantastic message. And where, where can people go to find out more about your story, more about this journey? Uh, how, where can we direct them? I'm at our website, so it's www.coxlesscrew.com, which is C-O-X-L-E-S-S, and then crew, C-R-E-W.com. Um, so our website is still quite live. We're, we're blogging still at the moment, so there's updates that go up every week on what each of us as individuals are up to and also collectively as a team, what we're doing. And I think... The really exciting thing is that all of us will be using this journey in, in very different ways moving forward. So some some of the girls are, are doing a lot of talks at schools. Um, we're doing motivational speaking. I'm moving into coaching. So we used a wonderful process out there on the boat with a company called New Level Results and Best Year Yet. Um, that's a really results-based program that aligns you with your values and, and helps you put together these wonderful life guidelines. So we're going to be doing some coaching with individuals and teams, and then obviously the fundraising. So this was all for creating awareness for, for the incredible women supported by our charity, so we're, we're still raising funds for, for them. That is just amazing. Well, you've got such a great story. I love, I love, love, love how, how you're reminding us to enjoy the journey. Uh, wherever mm. it's going to take us. And I thank you for spending so much time with us today. 
um, we I, I believe that we have some other things for our listeners where they can find out a little bit more about you. And I just really appreciate you taking your time. Thank you so much for having me. I think living happy is is what we all aspire to. So thank well, I think you. So you I think you nailed it. <laughs> I think everything <laughs> that you uh, have talked about are uh, really embrace the principles that that we try to talk about in our magazine. So it's been wonderful talking with you. Thank you. So wonderful talking to you. Fantastic conversation there, Paula Phelps, talking with Natalia Cohen here on Live Happy Now. If you'd like a free sketch note of this episode, you can go to livehappynow.com. And we ask you to tune into our next episode. This was a really fun conversation we had with Heather Shoemaker, author of It's Okay to Go Up the Slide and It's Okay Not to Share. And we'll talk about raising confident and creative children. I ask you again to fill out that survey about Live Happy Now at livehappy.com slash survey. And if you'd like to reach out with direct feedback, go ahead and find us on Twitter at LiveHappy, Facebook.com slash LiveHappy, or you can send us an email, podcast at LiveHappy. And if the podcast and the magazine aren't enough for you, please follow all those accounts and our Instagram account by searching MyLiveHappy. We do fun stuff on there, including cat videos, which I think Deborah has already started watching as we close out this episode. Yes, cats with brain freeze. Check it out. <laughs> we encourage you all while you're online to check out cats with brain freeze. Brain freeze. Uh, I just had some myself right there. Uh, for Deborah Heiss, for Paula Phelps, and Natalie Cohen, I am J.R. Houston saying so long, thank you, and remember to always live happy. <laughs>